successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello everybody and welcome to the Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill. If you're listening on the radio, we're on 980 AM. If you're joining us on podcast, we are all over the place. If you're on web, grillnationshow.com or if you're on our live stream here on my social media page at Facebook, Twitter or LinkedIn, we greatly appreciate you joining us today for another episode of the Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill. We've been having some great shows, some great collaborators and uh, today we have on Dr. Amy K. Patel. Uh, she is, her website is dramykpatel.com. She's the medical director of the Breast Care Center at Liberty Hospital. Uh, Amy is a collaborator and contributor to the show that joins us four times a year, uh, uh, roughly. And uh, we are going to talk about a lot of really cool, interesting topics today. So I wanted to welcome her back to the show. Amy, how are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm great. It's been a, a crazy uh, fast month of May, it seems like, right? It's flying by. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're entering summer here this uh, this weekend. Uh, it's been raining in Kansas City a lot, so I'm excited for some sun, hopefully. So what have you been up to? I, I, I definitely read the, uh, the Breast Care Center at Liberty Hospital. That's a different uh, name than I'm used to, isn't it? Yes. So there have been a lot of things happening uh, here, uh, particularly at the Breast Center. So uh, we're really excited to announce that we are opening a new breast center next month. Uh, we will be called the Breast Care Center at Liberty Hospital. So formerly known as Liberty Hospital Women's Imaging. We're really excited. We're going to have, you know, double the space so we can accommodate patients in need, not just patients with insurance, but patients who don't have insurance. Uh, we have a very robust Liberty Hospital Foundation Women's Health Fund uh, to help those patients. Uh, so I'm just really excited. Uh, the ribbon cutting is next month. Uh, I'm really excited to announce we are going to be adding another breast imaging specialist to our team next year. Uh, so just a lot of really fantastic things happening in Kansas City uh, for women in subspecialized breast care. Yeah. Now, how long have you been uh, the medical director for now? Starting in July, it will be three years that I was medical that I'm medical director uh, at uh, Liberty. So it's just really flown by and uh, been really grateful with the growth we've seen and how we're able to serve uh, patients. And and I say men, but you know we're I mean women, but we're also serving you know male patients. Uh, you know, regardless of gender, uh, you know, I have an interest, you know, even in transgender imaging. So those patients, you know, just equitable breast care for all is sort of my mantra. And I'm just really, really excited and blessed that I'm in a position where we're able to serve uh, all patients. That's awesome. Um, you uh, you definitely have been busy. I haven't had a chance to go through all of your social media 
uh, today, but I, we're going to get into some of it on the show and how you utilize social media to, to get the word out, I guess you would say, and some of the pluses and minuses of that. But, um, you've been very busy. I know you've been, you've been speaking at a lot of conferences, whether that's via, via, mostly via Zoom, I guess, this last few year. But, uh, what else have you been doing? Uh, I know that you, you're a constant, uh, educator, uh, of, of these issues around, around the, the United States. Yes. So, you know, most of uh, my activities have been in the virtual space uh, this past year, as you can imagine. So anywhere from lecturing, uh, I took on, you know, I'm an assistant professor of radiology at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. And I actually, starting last fall, started teaching a, a class to the second year medical students called Fundamentals. And in this class, you know, we teach them essentially the fundamentals of medicine, uh, how to talk to patients, uh, how to engage in multidisciplinary team efforts, which means that, you know, a lot of times in hospital systems, there's a lot of collaboration happening behind the scenes between, for example, in my world, uh, breast imaging or radiology, medical oncology, radiation oncology, surgery, social or genetics. So uh, how do we navigate those waters and just cultivating these medical students skills? So uh, that was a new experience for me. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, and so, you know, incre- just continuing my educational endeavors uh, in addition to the growth. And then, you know, on a personal note, as you know, I'm getting married next month. So I've been pretty busy with wedding planning. So lots of activity in my world as of late. <laughs> so what what surprised you about the wedding planning, Amy? I mean, I, I, I have to know now that you brought it up. Um, <laughs> Well, I mean, best 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 lessons. So for those that are listening, uh, well, I had to postpone the wedding, as you know, because of COVID. Uh, and so I would say that just being very flexible and kind of going with the flow. Not everything will go according uh, your to your way, even if you don't have to postpone your wedding, uh, things are arising. You know, now we are getting married next month in a reduced capacity situation, but things are arising that are not exactly how I envisioned it. You know, at the end of the day, uh, you just have to sort of keep it in perspective. You know, I have a job where, you know, there are patients that go through very, very difficult situations in their lives. And uh, and then of COVID, I'm just blessed that my family is healthy. We didn't lose any loved ones, you know, knock on wood. So uh, you just kind of put it into perspective. You roll with the punches. And at the end of the day, you know, my main goal is to, to be married to, you know, the love of my life. And so you just have to be flexible and, you uh, you know, just whatever, you know, go with the flow, come with me. <laughs> right. That's that's a great attitude to have and one that you have to have when you uh, do what you do. And I, I'm very thankful to have uh, kept the invitation once the, uh, the cuts were made because um, I have been cut uh, in the last year from other weddings. So, you know. Yeah, you you made the cut for this <laughs> one. <laughs> well, I, I, I pulled an old trick out of my old uh, wedding gift playbook and bought you all grill-related uh Products. I don't know if those have arrived yet, but they just did, and you have a thank you in the mail. Uh, it was pretty amazing. I'm Joe was just ecstatic with all the tools. He's like, Amy, this is a briefcase with all these amazing grill tools, and <laughs> he was very. We got grilled, you know, and so yeah. we really we appreciate it. <laughs> I never can decide on those things, so I just if there's anything related to the to it to grilling or to. Anything related to, uh, you know, barbecue or steak on your registry, I just always go for that. And then I figure, like, 
at least they'll always remember what I got them because it had, you know, it's kind of hard to forget. Right. So there you go. <laughs> That's why you got that. Yeah. Um, Dr. Amy K. Patel is with us. Her website is dramykpatel.com. We are going to talk all about, um, kind of what she likes to call radvocacy, but more advocacy efforts and kind of why those are important in the healthcare profession and what she does with radiology right now. We're also going to talk about, um, you know, some different issues around social media and how she's kind of engaged with uh, different audiences on social media. And it, is there opportunities for healthcare providers and workers to do that? And is there pluses or minuses to getting engaged on social media? Maybe what platforms are the best, which ones that she, uh, she, uh, she really enjoys working on. And then we're going to get into kind of what it's like to be a change maker, a female a leader at a, uh, healthcare provider and, and so much more. So I'm very excited about this show. I really appreciate uh, Dr. Patel for always uh, bringing the knowledge on this show and, uh, and, and joining us and being prepared each time she joins us. So Amy, I appreciate that. We'll be right back after the break with more of the Grill Nation show. Thanks for listening on 980 AM on live stream or on podcast today. Everybody and welcome back to the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today on the radio. If you're listening there on podcast or on our website, we're also up on live stream. I really appreciate the engagement on Facebook, Instagram, and, and Twitter on my personal accounts uh, for all those listening and watching today. I'm joined by Dr. Amy K. Patel. Again, she is the medical director of the Breast Care Center at Liberty Hospital. Amy, what is the website for Liberty Hospital? LibertyHospital.org backslash women. Love it. That's pretty easy to remember. I'll put that up on the screen for the people watching too. Um, okay, so, and your website again is Dr. Amy K. Patel, hashtag AskAmyMD, correct? Yeah, hashtag AskAmyMD. Okay, we'll talk about that later in the show. So first, uh, real briefly, Let's just talk about where we're at with COVID with regards to your the breast care center. Are things full go now with the vaccinations out there? I know last time we talked, it was kind of a, you know, starting to evolve. Yes, I would say that, you know, the volumes have really picked up. Uh, however, you know, the damage, unfortunately, has been done, so to speak. So if you recall, uh, last uh, spring through early summer, we paused uh, routine screening mammograms uh, due to the pandemic. And, you know, volumes haven't completely recovered all over the country. And uh, there was a new study that was just recently uh, released just within the last day or two where a nonprofit health system uh, analyzed their data uh, on the West Coast in the Washington state area. And it demonstrated uh, from, 19, or from 2019 to 20. Uh, a reduction in mammography volume by 48%. And most affected were women of color, uh, particularly black and Hispanic. So, you know, as a breast imaging, breast cancer community, we're very uh, dismayed by these statistics. And so we have a lot of work to do, uh, not just getting women in the door for their routine screens and, and if they have a symptom, a lump or pain or something, but also, you know, finding other ways to reach patients uh, in the communities, uh, both urban and rural. Mm -hmm. 
Well, that's good to know that there that it has changed, and I know you've been working really hard. Um, another thing you work really hard on is advocacy. So you call it radvocacy. I know that's kind of a play on the, the radiology advocacy words, but talk to us about what that is and why it's important to you, and we'll go deeper into it here in a second. Yes, so radvocacy is sort of a truncated version of radiology political advocacy. And uh, the radiologist actually in the country that coined the term will be at my wedding, so you'll get to meet him. <laughs> but essentially, you know, radvocacy uh, is this term that basically a lot of us use in the field of radiology who are very passionate about uh, political advocacy and ensuring that our patients are receiving fair radiological care. So this movement has really taken the profession by storm, I'd say, in, in the last uh, three to four years. Uh, I think we've had a lot of radiologists in the field that have been really passionate about this. But, you know, we finally you know coined a term for it. And I think because of that, we are seeing even greater uh, momentum. And so we like to call ourselves radvocates. Uh, and it, you know, I think it, it's, it's catchy. Uh, you know, one of, uh, you know, a great, uh, media colleague that I like to work with is Lisa Gutierrez for the Kansas City Star. And, uh, she likes the word radvocate. We talk about that. She called me her favorite radvocate the other day, which I found that, you know, it just meant so much to me. She's, you know, I, I really respect her as a journalist. But, uh, so, you That's know. That's good to hear for our listeners out there. There are good. People yes, are, are I on that. Too. <laughs> That's why I like being on your show. So, <laughs> uh, so it's just been really, really fantastic to sort of coin a term that goes with the passion that we have and the measures that we're taking to ensure that our patients are receiving fair radiological care. Because unfortunately, it does vary quite significantly across the country. Uh, you know, there aren't necessarily federal mandated Radio, radiology legislation, a lot of it that is very state-based. So there are some of us who are also not just active at the federal level, but at the state level as well. Uh, and as you know, I'm pretty involved uh, with radiology legislation endeavors at the state level. Yeah, let's talk about that. So you just, you kind of just mentioned the federal level, most of the action happens at the state level. Um, was there anything going on this year? I know Missouri kind of had some Political squabbles at the end of their legislative session, but um, so maybe not as many bills got passed this year. But what uh, what's going on in that note with state state stuff? Anything to note? Yeah, well, you know, as you, we have discussed before, uh, I was very fortunate to uh, team up uh, on breast imaging legislation for high-risk patients uh, with Senator Lauren Arthur last year mm -hmm. uh, during the pandemic. The governor signed that law. Uh, on August 28th, and but it didn't really take effect or roll over uh, for insurance uh, companies until January of this year. So it's still very fresh. Uh, there's still some insurance uh, carriers that are uh, still acclimating themselves with what needs to be covered for these women who are high risk. Uh, but, you know, in the future, I think that there's a lot of potential uh, for other, uh, you know, fighting for coverage for women in other realms of breast imaging, uh, such as uh, what's called the diagnostic breast imaging evaluation. So, you know, right now in the state of Missouri, if you have uh, an insur insurance through the state of Missouri, uh, you should be covered for annual screening mammography starting at age 40, both 3D and 2D mammo if you're average risk. And now if you're deemed high risk, 
uh, annual mammal at 30, alternating with supplemental screening uh, every six months in the form of breast MRI or ultrasound and MRI from the ages of 25 to 29 annually. So that should all be covered. But the diagnostic breast imaging evaluation oftentimes is not. And that's if the patient comes in for a routine screening mammogram, we see a finding, we need to call them back and work it up. A lot of times as women are paying out of pocket or have you know very high deductibles, have to meet that for, in order for the uh, for the diagnostic evaluation to be covered. So a lot of times women do not come for their follow-up, uh, which is also dismaying uh, that delays, you know, care and potentially delaying a cancer diagnosis. So uh, we still have a lot of work to do in Missouri, but I'm optimistic that we'll be able to get it done in the years to come. That's awesome to hear. Dr. Amy K. Patel is joining us. Her website is DrAmyKPatel.com. Um, and, and you work with a state senator who obviously is, is a very successful young um, state senator in Missouri. And she uh, she has a lot of, uh, I mean, at least what people tell me, um, a lot of uh, potential future, a uh, potential to, to run for other offices. So you've aligned yourself with someone good in the, uh, in the political world, I guess, Amy. Oh, well, I think she's just <laughs> at the end of the day, a genuine human being. So that's yeah. I just love working with her. Yeah, she also married a good guy too. So there you go, right? So um, I uh, I have another question about advocacy. So what do you? What is your best advice? Uh, you know, for healthcare providers in regards to getting involved in advocacy. How do you? How do you think they should get involved? Because I think this is a lot like entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurs don't really. Um, they've never really gotten involved as much because they're always building businesses. They don't really know how to engage with or policymakers. I think healthcare providers, you know, they have their associations, but you know, maybe they don't engage as much personally uh, as they do with their associations and whatnot. So, talk to us about kind of what your best advice is for healthcare providers in regards to advocacy. So, you know, the best advice I could give is, you know, any measure you take, great or small, I mean, is uh, an important one. So you could do something as little as um, hosting what's called a site visit at uh, your hospital where you work and inviting your elected officials who represent your district to come and see what you do. Uh, we host site visits uh, at our breast center uh, and hope to now with the new breast center where, uh, and that's how I met Senator Arthur. You know, I invited her for a site visit to come check out our breast center, see what we do every day, day in and day out. And that's just a great way locally to develop these relationships and get actively involved. Uh, other ways in which you can get involved is uh, being involved in your state uh, medical society. Uh, I'm active in the Missouri State Medical Association, the Missouri Radiological Society. And just from attending a meeting, you can meet so many people. Uh, the networking opportunities are limitless. And then from there, you can serve on committees and get involved. And then at the national level, you know, many uh, medical or medical professions have their own uh, organized society. So I'm actively involved in the American College of Radiology, and I'm on the executive uh, committee for our government relations branch. So uh, again, getting actively involved in organized societies locally with your 
your elected officials can make just a huge impact uh, on your day to day and for the betterment of your patients' lives. Yeah, and it's just you finding the time to do that, and you obviously have proven it's uh, it's a worthwhile endeavor. Obviously, getting involved and changing people's lives with that legislation in Missouri last year, and obviously continuing to remain engaged and building those relationships is important. And, and frankly, like like you said at the top, having them come to the um, to the breast cancers, the uh, breast care ca- uh, center, excuse me. Um, that's just such a smart idea. One, because a lot of people in politics or in uh, legislative elected officials don't understand all these issues because there's thousands that are they're getting hit with every day. So if you can make any impact um, with those relationships and, and and educating them with concrete ideas that that make sense, it's it's a it's a win win. Well, you know, only at the federal level, only 6% of Congress has a healthcare background. And the majority, you know, that aren't in healthcare still think that radiologists, you know, throw up images on a, on a viewing box, which, you know, we have converted to digital many years ago. And a lot of people don't even know a radiologist is a doctor, you know, with an MD or a DO. So uh, it's important for us as a profession to get out there, uh, not just be patient facing, but facing with our elected officials. It's very interesting. Dr. Amy K. Patel is my guest today on the Grill Nation show. She's an awesome medical expert in our region. She was born and raised in Missouri, left town for a while, and uh, went to a, a, a couple really places you might have heard of. What were they, Amy? Harvard, um, WashU, you were insane. I mean, you just, you've been everywhere. So, but you're back in Missouri making a difference now, which we like. And um, her website is dramykpatel.com. Also, her hashtag is hashtag ask. Amy MD. We'll be right back on the Grill Nation show with more with Dr. Amy K. Patel. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. I appreciate you watching us, listening, or joining us today if you're on the radio, podcast, on our YouTube page, or on our live stream right now. I greatly appreciate it. I greatly appreciate all the listeners and people that have been reaching out to be on the show. As always, you can connect with us. Um, just shoot an email to grillnationshow at gmail.com. Also, we uh, we also are on social media at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Also, you can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, and on Facebook. Just search for Jason Grill. Today, we are joined again by Dr. Amy K. Patel. She is uh, just a great medical expert and just a wonderful person to get engaged with if you have not yet, uh, as far as um, just just being a change maker in our community. Her website is dramykpatel.com. She is the medical director of the Breast Care Center at Liberty Hospital. Amy, um, I did mention being a change maker. Uh, you were um, uh, just, I believe, became one. Uh, so, so tell us about that. Um, what was that award about and what does that mean to you to be a real change maker? Yes. So to my complete surprise, the American college of radiology established what is called uh, the change maker series where they select a change maker, uh, and essentially do, uh, basically a mini magazine dedicated to them uh, and what uh, they're doing to be given that change maker designation. Uh, I was completely surprised and completely honored to be chosen as the inaugural change maker of the American College of Radiology. Uh, and they, you know, 
when I when they approached me about this, they said that, you know, we feel that you're transforming the face of value based care, uh, what you're doing in uh, Missouri uh, and, you know, in the Midwest uh, is truly unique. And so I just felt so, I mean, just so honored. You know, I'm pretty early in my career overall and I'd never expected to happen like this, this quickly. But again, very humbled uh, by this recognition and they, and just shining a light of the work that we're doing uh, to close the gap to breast care disparities. Uh, again, I talked about in the earlier segment about equitable breast care for all. And what does that mean? And, and how do we act? You know, I, anybody who knows me is I, you know, I may talk the talk, but I'm going to walk the walk. I'm going to enact change. And we've just made such great strides in a short amount of time. And so again, just really, really grateful for that honor to be named the inaugural change maker. That's awesome. I didn't know it was inaugural. Wow. Yes. Well, congratulations. I'm going to start using that term now. You know, everyone used to use the, the term thought leader when I got started in entrepreneurship. And now I feel like change maker is, is more of a, is a powerful, powerful word. So I, I congratulate you on that. Thank you. Um, you are a female leader, a very strong female leader, change maker. Uh, what advice would you share with other uh, women in your profession, in the medical profession, um, about kind of thriving more in their careers, and, and more importantly, how do they kind of make a difference in the healthcare profession? Sure. You know, although we as women in medicine and healthcare have made such prolific strides, um, just, you know, in the last century and beyond, uh, we still have an uphill battle in so many ways in achieving, whether it's uh, equity for pay, uh, whether it's uh, parental leave rights. I mean, the list goes on. But what I would tell women is that, you know, taking a leap of faith is important and taking risks. You know, with this uh, job that I now have, this uh, it was quite an undertaking to, to take this on at a very early age in my career. And I did have a lot of skeptics and people saying this might be too big of a role for you to take on uh, earlier in your career. But, you know, I think that without, uh, you know, this saying, you know, no, no risk, no reward. And uh, I've been really, really fortunate, which brings me to my second point. So being, you know, taking risks, taking that leap of faith. But my second point is, well, if you do it, make sure that you have a diverse cadre of mentors and sponsors who can help you along the way. I'm very fortunate to have so many mentors at all career levels, you know, male and female, uh, help helping to guide me different practice types throughout the country, uh, which has really, really helped me in times of turmoil, uh, when I've had to make difficult decisions in my leadership position. Uh, so those, uh, you know, factors are really important if we are going to ascend as women leaders. And fortunately, we are seeing this movement of women being empowered and wanting to assume uh, leadership roles. And not just in healthcare, we see it in so many sectors. I'm sure, you know, you see it in uh, your sector, in the business sector. And, and so I'm just really excited to see this change. But for, for me personally, I think, you know, just taking that risk, making sure I have effective mentors and sponsors to help me has made all the difference. Yeah, that's very, very well said. I mean, having mentors and advisors around you, um, we hear that a lot on the show that that really kind of elevates you to kind of do better things in your life and to kind of challenge yourself as well. 
And there's a lot of good podcasts out there. I was actually talking to a friend this weekend about one that is a bunch of seven-year-olds that are talking about things that they learned throughout their journey. And, and it's just like, you listen to people that have wisdom and experience, and it just kind of changes your mindset around kind of what's important and how to progress and what you're trying to do. So I, I commend you on, on, on being a strong female change maker and uh, very exciting to see uh, what you will do as a mentor in the future for folks around you. One thing you've kind of been a, a change maker and leader on is engaging on social media, Amy, um, as far as people in your profession. Uh, definitely, you're out there, you're putting yourself out there to answer questions and be available. Uh, uh, why do you see that as an opportunity for you and other healthcare providers? I think social media and healthcare in particular has the, a very transformative uh, power uh, that for patients. And I think it can remove sort of that what might be perceived as red tape accessibility uh, to physicians, to uh, healthcare experts. Uh, and particularly for me, you know, although, you know, I do, you know, serve an urban suburban population, uh, a large percentage of my population is also uh, rural. And so if I can find ways to reach patients, regardless of geographic location, zip code, uh, regardless of color, and educate uh, these patients uh, to make the best informed decisions about their breast health, uh, as well as empower them. Uh, for me, that's really important. That was the whole premise behind uh, my website. That is the premise behind a lot of the social media platforms I use, although I do at times use it for personal reasons. A lot of my content uh, really is to uh, engage our, our patients. Mm -hmm. So you started a hashtag, uh, AskAmyMD. Um, let's talk about social media as a whole, but what have been some of maybe the being on the online space more, some of the positives and negatives and some maybe of the lessons you've learned with putting out all this information and engaging with these people on social media that um, what have been some of the positives and then some of the negatives? Well, I would say the positives definitely are, you know, educating patients with accurate information. I think that one of the pitfalls, unfortunately, of social media is that there's so much inaccurate information out there, whether it's mm -hmm. uh, for breast cancer, breast health, uh, whether it's the, you know, whether it's COVID. I mean, there's just so much inaccurate information out there. So if, you know, the more and more that we uh, experts can get out there and to educate patients uh, with the facts and equip them with the facts, uh, that's definitely a huge pro in my book. Um, I would say the cons are, you know, at times I will have patients who are very or not just my uh, not my personal patients, but maybe uh, people that reach out to me via my website or they might DM me on a social media platform. And they're very, you know, set in their ways about uh, what their beliefs are. Uh, with breast, whether it's they believe in something called thermography, which uh, the FDA has come out saying that there is no scientific evidence that it works, you know, things like that. And in those situations, it can be frustrating. But I think, you know, we're in a position where we need to keep our calm and to stay the course and to try to educate these patients uh, the best that we can. Uh, we are in a very, we're fortunate to be in the position to do so. So we need to try to do everything we can uh, to fully educate patients in an accurate way. 
Yeah, it's uh, you got to grow women's imaging, grow the information, and get the correct Im- uh, information out to the public. And have you had any success stories, or maybe one that you can briefly share of somebody that you have engaged with on social media who maybe um, left that conversation and uh, you might have changed their life? Yes. So uh, I actually I had a patient who uh, found me uh, on my website. And so she came in uh, for a, a second opinion. She had been evaluated at another facility uh, and they told her everything, you know, was fine. You know, what she was feeling was nothing. Uh, and unfortunately, when I did my analysis of her case, uh, we did some repeat imaging, et cetera. I said, I don't, I don't necessarily think this is anything. Uh, and we ended up biopsying it. And unfortunately, it came back uh, positive. However, we caught it early, and so that is really fantastic. Uh, we know that if we catch breast cancers that are uh, less than a centimeter, that your survival probability is going to approach 95 uh, to 100%. So, you know, touching, I see it in the form of actually saving lives every day, and women are, are just so, so appreciative, and if we can catch them early, we know that their survival probability is going to be greater. So uh, that's not, you know, the only situation that I've encountered like that, but uh, just being able to reach patients this way and get them in and be able to evaluate them. And if they need additional care, uh, if it means saving their life, I mean, that's probably the most rewarding thing that could ever happen in my career. Very much so. Dr. Amy K. Patel uh, is with us. Website, dramykpatel.com. I am the host, Jason Grill of the Grill Nation show. You can connect with us online at grillnationshow.com. We're right back after the break for our final segment of today's show. Thank you to uh, Dr. Patel for joining us today. Welcome back to the Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us on the radio, via podcast, on our website, or on our live stream today. If you're watching, we'll also post this all to our social media as well as our YouTube page, which if you haven't been to yet, it's just Jason Grill, Grill Nation Show on YouTube each and every week. You can you can go there and just search for Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill on YouTube. Uh, Dr. Amy Patel is our guest. She's awesome. She's had just such an enlightening show talking to us about advocacy, social media, about kind of being a change maker, female leadership. We've kind of covered a lot of different topics today, uh, which is really cool. Our website is dramykpatel.com. Quicker questions here, Amy. So our best for last segment, what is the most impactful thing for people to really understand if you had to pick one thing regarding breast cancer that you'd want to make sure you got across to the listeners and the watchers today? I would say that early detection, early detection, early detection. Do not uh, do not delay your routine screening. Uh, again, we recommend annual screening mammography beginning at age 40 uh, if you're average risk as long as you're in good health. So if you're 85 and you're driving and you're vibrant, we want you to get an annual mammogram. Uh, I also would say make sure you know what your percent risk is, because if you are deemed high risk, which there's many factors involved with that, then you will qualify for earlier screening. So, again, early detection is so important. Early, early, early. I I, I got that. I think that was uh, very wise. You're on social media now. We talked about that a lot on this show. What is your favorite social media platform these days, Amy? Man, I, you know, I use a lot of platforms. Um, What are they again? Okay, yes. So I'm on Twitter. 
uh, at Amy K. Patel, as well as Instagram at Amy K. Patel. And I really like Twitter and I like Instagram. But, you know, lately I've been getting pretty involved. Uh, I'm really liking LinkedIn, even though it's been around for a while. Um, I, I like the new features. I like, you know, particularly on LinkedIn, I'm having a great time co- uh, engaging with community leaders and local leaders, which has been a lot of fun and, and different for me because usually on Twitter, I'm engaging with my medical colleagues across the country and the world, as well as uh, maybe patients, patient advocates. Uh, Facebook, I reach patients, but also I use it for some uh, personal uh, reasons as well or personal use. Uh, so these are uh, the platforms I use. But lately, LinkedIn has been a lot of fun just because I've been getting more actively involved and just uh, connecting with a lot of great local leaders. Yeah, we uh, I agree with you. I've been uh, as far as the show goes, we get a lot of engagement on LinkedIn when uh, the guests share it. And most of them are in the business community or in the, the, the professional space like yourself. So I, I think it is growing. And I, that's really interesting to hear you say that, that it's also you're at, you're having an effect of getting your information out there on your LinkedIn page, which is cool. We will get into this on our next show with you in October, but uh, how much pink do you really have in your closet? Because I, I think I saw a picture from your bachelorette party and you were wearing something pink too. So. Yes. Uh, so today I'm not wearing pink, but I'm, I'm wearing a Mizzou yellow. I know that's a big Mizzou fan. Uh, but I would say I have a lot of pink in my closet. I bought uh, two more pink coats uh, in the winter time because sometimes I get interviewed outside and uh, okay. I'm freezing, and but I want to wear pink. So I would say at this point about – uh, a quarter of my closet's now pink. So <laughs> there's a lot of pink going on, and uh, it, you know, yeah, I think it's just going to continue to grow. Yeah, it will. It's like you almost have to wear pink sometimes, most of the time in your industry. Yes. Um, what was one of the proudest moments on your journey so far in your professional career? I think, you know, honestly, one of my proudest moments, uh, I would say, you know, I would classify them as one as a trainee and then now, you know, practicing. As a trainee, uh, I was very fortunate to be elected the first chief resident of an all-male program. I was the first female chief resident of an all-male program uh, at the University of Kansas in Wichita. And that program has been a lot around for many, many decades. So I was just really fortunate that my peers elected me uh, for that leadership role. Uh, and then as far as in my career thus far, I would say, honestly, the impact we've made in Missouri so far, all the way up to southern Iowa uh, and with our new breast care center opening has just really been something I'm very, very proud of. It's been a labor of love being involved in all the decision making from the color scheme to the equipment. I mean, it's just been a dream come true. So uh, looking really forward to opening next month. That's awesome. Dr. Amy K. Patel is our guest today. Dr. Patel, um, if you could have dinner with one person, I don't think I've ever asked you this question. Maybe I have. But if you could have dinner with one person, who would it be and why? And this is not somebody that like we're friends with or, you know, that is somebody in the Kansas City area that you that, you know, this is this is kind of more of a general questions for those that maybe have heard of this person. Do they have to be alive or they can be they can be dead, I guess. We, we could throw a little uh, wrinkle into the question. Okay. I would say that I would love to have dinner with Eleanor Roosevelt. So I remember when I was in sixth grade, I believe, we had to dress up um, as a famous uh, historical figure and do a report on them. And 
And I, you know, and I remember a lot of gals were choosing, you know, Jackie Kennedy, which she's so elegant. She was so elegant and beautiful and intelligent. But I really, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt, to me, just really uh, embodied uh, leadership, women's leadership. You know, she was such a trusted advisor to her husband. Uh, she blazed a trail uh, during a time where very many women did not. Uh, so I think just to pick her brain and her uh, her trials, tribulations, triumphs of leadership uh, would be very fascinating uh, for me to learn from. So I, you know, she would be the one that I'd pick. Good answer. Good answer. I like that one. That's a, that's a unique answer, and it, it makes a lot of sense. And if you go to your website, dramykpatel.com, Amy has a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt up there that you can read, which is very powerful as well. Uh, now that uh, I've been traveling more, and I'll tell you what, it's the, the airports are packed, places are packed, everywhere's packed, everybody's getting out. What, what is a place you're looking forward to uh, traveling to in the near future, Amy, and why? Well, um, I would say, first of all, uh, my honeymoon, we're taking a honeymoon in August and we're going to Lake Tahoe. So yes. I, I'm very excited about that just because we've never been there and we're going to rent a boat and just go out on the lake. So, uh, you know, nothing too lavish, but I'm really excited about uh, <laughs> being out there at Lake Tahoe. Well, I, uh, I have been there. Great girl. I dated for a while. She, her family had a house in Reno, Tahoe. And so I, um, I, I did go out there and, and I've been skiing out there and there in the summertime. And I'll tell you that um, that water is just going to blow your mind with how blue it is. Yes. I'm very, very excited. <laughs> <laughs> so Amy, um, as we close the show today, I just want to know kind of what's next for you and what's next for, uh, for, for the website. And also again, tell us what you're doing again at the, uh, the breast care center up at Liberty hospital, particularly at work. Uh, we're just continuing to expand uh, the care that we are uh, giving to, to patients. Uh, so like I said, with the new breast care center opening, we're going to be adding another breast imaging specialist. We have a new plastic surgeon uh, focused on breast reconstruction cosmetics. Uh, Dr. Colton McNichols, who is coming from Johns Hopkins, he starts in August. Uh, so we're really expanding our comprehensive breast program at Liberty, which is really, really exciting. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to other ways to expand the way we reach patients in the future that I, uh, you know, I'm hopeful we will get done in the future. I can't say too much. I know I'm being very ominous right now and elusive, yeah. but, uh, but, you know, I'm just always trying to think of ways to reach more and more patients uh, for me is the goal and to save more lives. I mean, that's really what it comes down to in my life. Those are great goals to have. You're always uh, you're always progressing with whatever you're doing and making a difference, which is the kind of people we'd like to have on the show and learn from. So I want to thank Dr. Amy K. Patel. Again, her website is Dr. Amy K. Patel, D-R-A-M-Y-K-Patel.com. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Grill Nation Show. Thank you. We'll see you everyone next week. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon. 